where we hold them. This is where we fight. Now listening to Sweep the Rack podcast featuring Brooklyn Rob and Big Mike. Rob, what's good, homie? Yo, you know, I was just thinking about, I was thinking about that we should um, put Belmonte's head on the messenger <laughs> Uh, Belmonte's head on the mess uh, on on uh, King Leonidas and Shad Murphy's head on the messenger that came and and threatened him and he kicks him in the hole, dude. I, I this, think is that was- this is yeah, Sparta. This is Sparta. Yo, this is Storm Bowling. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, it's so sick what goes through our head. I I I, I like I I'm you know on a Saturday afternoon. Uh, I have like a two mile long to do list, and uh, I'm arguing with strangers on the internet about bowling. That's what I'm doing. Can't, yo, you can't beat the internet, man. As long as that's the first thing I, 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 you know, learned on the internet is you can't fight the internet. And the more we do this podcast, and the more followers and viewership we get, the more people are going to, you know, want to fight and argue with you about stuff, which is why we're here, right? We love it. Um, so you can't get really too caught up in that. Um, anyway, Mike, let's go quick. We got a lot to talk about tonight. 600 last night, 600 last night, 601, I think. But you bowled two terrible games in one really good game, right? No, you know, can I say the two games that I didn't score well, I didn't bowl terrible, didn't bowl terrible. Uh, Use the wrong ball. Use the wrong ball for the first six frames of the first game. That was the problem there. Got in the right ball through a bunch in a row through to the end of the first game, through the second game. And then third game, the left lane got very tricky. And uh I I only struck on the left lane once. And I felt like I should have switched balls on the left lane only. So it's cool. You know, we got a few weeks left. Uh, we had the bowl with a sub last night. Sub bowled great. Shout to AJ for subbing. We had a very good match. Uh, it was, we were bowling against what I would say is one of the one of the better, uh, you know, more scratch teams in in the league. Uh, so it was a good matchup. Um, you know, I think everybody kind of like the, what I said about the lanes affected everyone. Uh, Mr. X. Yeah, I was gonna I say mean, people don't care about your scores. I'm anymore. so people I'm so fed up. I'm so fed up with Mr. X, like because the guy I told you all this, the guy who who Mr. X got to sub and take over for him hurt himself. So for two weeks we had to bowl with a blind while Mr. X is there bowling on another team. So I have decided that I am going to propose a a, a, a um a rule at our end of season meeting. Where and the rule is going to be named after Mr. X. It's going to be the Mr. X rule, and uh, the rule is going to be that going forward, if someone quits a team, they cannot join another team. That's going to be the rule. Yeah, I think I think that's more than appropriate. Uh, So, 
Mr. X's team is nearly nearly in last. They bowled the team with two with with two players and a blind. And this team, Rob, this team, their combined average of the two players they have is is very low. Okay, and it's so low that in order to meet the league minimum, okay, their third blind, the blind player, gets a two fifteen every game. Now, Mr. X. He's outraged by this because 215 is is higher than the highest average in our league. So basically, yeah, but- when you when you bowl against this team, you're giving them a 645 series against you, right? But Rob, the average of the other two guys might not even be higher than 220. Okay. Combined? Combined. Combined. So yeah. I don't have Again, a problem with that. Like, <laughs> yeah, like how how can you complain about giving them the two fifteen with the blind when all they're doing is meeting the the league minimum in the average, right? right? And all you know, he just that's what he's been doing, complaining about that rule. See, he's had to bowl that team a couple times because every time the every time the um, you know you you bowl the team around you in the standings, that's who they're bowling against. So yeah, it's uh, <sighs> I can I say something? I said last night while we were bowling. That the fact that I have not uh, that I have not gotten into some kind of trouble in this league season is really a testament to my maturity. It really is because because twenty something year old me, maybe even late twenties, early thirties, something me late thirties. Nah, nah, nah. By the time I had about, kids, wait, wait, wait. What about PTA, Mike? Well, no, it, well. <laughs> Yeah, PTA but that's Mike, a different hey, environment. Father, that's a different environment. Father Mike, Father Mike is a little bit different than bowling Mike. Yeah, so uh, okay. it's just, really it's a testament to my maturity that um, <laughs> that I have not gotten into into <laughs> any any Leon, kind Leon, of shit this year. Leon wants to see PTA Mike show up to bowling. <laughs> oh my! If PTA Mike, if PTA Big Mike showed up to league, PTA Big Mike would never be allowed back at league. Dude, that Honestly. reminds me if, if if anybody watches The Office and Michael Scott had those different personalities, he was like date date Mike and and uh and prison Mike. That that's like you, man. You got all these different kind of personalities. Um, I love it though. <sighs> Disaster. I told my teammate, shout to Mike D. I told my teammate, we deserve an award for our patience this league season, and I'm serious about that. I mean, I haven't even gotten Kudos, into man. all of it on here, but. League anyway. bowling, it is what it is. Even when it's it great, is. it's not that great. It's so always a trick. I guess that's the lesson here. Yeah. All right. So, Rob, uh, I saw on Twitter that you not only went to B3 for, for another training session, but you also had a uh, an individual training session lined up with Josh Blanchard. Uh, did, did that take place yet or no? Actually, that is tonight at Bolero Mesa at 7 p.m. Oh. Oh, all right. Give, well, give them the plug. We're giving them the plug. Let them know. Maybe you get a discount on his services there. Uh, so, how how was your training session at B three? I mean, I you you've raved yeah. about the place uh, from the great. jump. You have right. me uh, really excited that there's a training center that Parker Bone is opening not too far from me because I would love to access to something like that. So, how was it? It's great. Um, I uh, was able to bowl for an hour undisturbed on a on you know fresh. It's a the fresh pattern that whatever they put out for that weekend, 
um you know no distractions uh they turned on the um the the cat i think it is where you're able to see um i forgot the name of it it's a keggle thing where you're able to see every shot your break point your lay down point uh at one point brandy wolf brett wolf's sister who you know uh brandy now calderon owns it with mike calderon she was able to come in and watch me for a few minutes and one observation she made changed the whole complexity of my practice and it, it, you know it's amazing how i video myself every time i go there to try to break down my own game based on video because that's really all you can do when you practice by yourself but when you get a second pair of eyes who does it a lot she's there all the time she's giving lessons she's drilling she's able to see one thing in your swing and then all of a sudden wow the ball's coming out of your hand a lot better than it did so i was able to like both seriously practice um you know bold like you know a couple good games then i started working on switching balls and looking at transition moving my eyes my break point um but i i i still drill anything like, uh, drill anything Nah, i'm good for a while um i might okay. drill something before memorial day i'm going for the usbc tournament um i might drill up another ball before then but uh, right now i'm good um and then yeah i have a a, a lesson um specto yeah sorry specto is the name of the uh the analyst uh, software that they were using and then you know what like to me like i, I want to find the best players and the best people in my area and when i'm bowling and i'm out of retirement and i'm competing i want to find the best available people to look at my game when i lived in southern california i would work with mark baker a, a, a every month or every two months you know i'm gonna i'm gonna work with josh blanchard i think blanchard being on tour i could i want to pick his brain not only about ball changes about mentally about what his goes on in his thought process. And then, yeah, obviously work on some physical things I still need help on, but you know, look, if I'm going to go for it, Mike, I, I really want to bowl good to tap this year. Like I, 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 I'm hungry to make a run in that tournament. And the only way I'm going to do that is to put in the work, honestly. So uh, yeah, cool. that You got those things lined up. Uh, I'll also say that, you know, it's, it's, it's really good that, you come on here and share this and I've shared my experiences with practice and working with various people as well. Um, and I'll also say that there's some people that I've been working with that I haven't mentioned on here and I probably won't, uh, cause they probably prefer that. But for both of us, like it's good for people to hear that someone of your talent level and, and, you know, Rob, if you've never seen him throw it is a very, is a very talented player. Um, it's, it's very important for people to hear that somebody even of your talent level, uh, is going out there and seeking out help and, and putting resources into having other people look at your game, give you advice about your game. You know, I don't, I don't think there's enough of that in the, the, the bowling world. You know, everybody wants to go buy the ball. Everybody wants to, you know, find the, the magic ball that works for them. There's not enough people going and seeking out knowledgeable people to help them with their game. So, you know, I think, it, I think it's good for, for people to kind of hear that from time to time. Well, here's the thing. It's like I'm a I'm a field bowler. Like, and I I think that a lot of guys like out there are are bowl by feel. And after I bowl a tournament or I practice, I base how I bowl based on how I felt, how I felt the ball coming out of my hand, how my balance was, and I feel like my my feel in the last even five to ten years hasn't been where up to my like standard of how I know I should throw it. And I've had success in tournaments and I still haven't felt like I've really been at like even 
80 to 90 percent of where I know I can be. So I, I need to try to get to that like 80 to 90 percent. And if my, my goal is if I can make one or two better shots a game when I wasn't, it'll that'll separate me from like, you know, making the cut to being in the top five. And all it takes is one or two better shots a game, honestly. Okay. So that's that's my goal. So we'll see. I'll have a report later next week to see how that's going. I have a tournament this Sunday. Uh, it's on, I think, Dick Weber, which I think is playable. Um, and I also have another practice session at B3 on Saturday. So when I told you, man, I'm all in. I'm all in. Like, So that's where I'm at. So I'll, I'll give a report next week on, on how things are going. But, yeah, I'm excited to be, to be doing it and, and, and working with some new people that I haven't worked with. So. Mike. You there? I think I lost Mike. No, I'm right. here. I'm here. No, you were just me. breaking up. You were breaking up okay. really bad on my end, and I couldn't. Uh, I couldn't tell if you were done talking or not. I apologize. I don't no, know. I don't funny. know if it's me or you. I don't think it's me. If anybody in the chat uh, wants to tell us if uh, if they Who notice anything on their end, let us know. All right. Well, I could hear you. You're good. Um. So let's talk, Mike. There's some. 2022, Mike, is probably the best bowling media content year of since we started this podcast. Um, Belmonte, Jason Belmonte, right? Going, really going hard against USBC. I mean, rare for Belmonte to do what he's doing these days. I think... He's he's set off right on this whole bull hardness and storm. And if you don't follow Belmonte on Twitter or Facebook and you don't know what's going on with Belmonte against the USBC, um, I guess a little bit of a timeline. Belmonte put up a post the day before Mike, and we talked about this the day before uh, USBC announced that they were going to be banning six balls. From both the the global the 900 global line, Storm, the day before at the Masters, he put up a post, almost like a seed, right? Of like, well, hey, like, USBC is doing something, you know, not right. They're not being transparent when they're asking to test our bowling balls, and he declined them to say, you know what, if I'm if I'm if I can't be there and I don't have transparency, then you can't test my balls, okay? Then the next day, coincidentally, they announced that six balls have been banned from the Storm, you know, parent, right, company. Um, well, USBC came in and then fined Jason Belmonte, right? And that's where this kind of started, where Belmonte then put up a picture of his fine that he wrote, that they wrote him, and then went harder at the USBC. And, you know, a lot of people now are like, you know, the Storm people, the, you know, the Storm staffers, the Patch Pirates, uh, the whole Storm family piled on the USBC, right? Uh, you know, when you got have a, a bowling influencer like Belmonte is, you know, uh, not only is he an influencer on social media, but he's the best bowl in the world, right? When he goes at the USBC and people love to go at the USBC, right? I mean, we go at the USBC all the time, but we do it in a like what we feel like we need to do it, but we don't go at them all the time. We'll tell them when they do good things, right? Like we're not completely up. We we're, we're real when it comes to USBC, when they do some, 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 some weird stuff, we talk about it. When they do some good things, we talk about it. So all I'm saying is 
long story short, now Belmonte is going to be going live tomorrow on social media at 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, and he's going to be talking more about his posts and his problem get what USBC is doing. And we'll break break it down for everybody. And I'm sure he'll answer questions. I'm sure there's going to be hundreds, if not thousands of people that are going to be watching that live stream tomorrow. So, Mike, I don't know where you want to go with the conversation, but there's so much to talk about. And obviously, the conversation has moved towards the ball hardness to now the transparency and legitimacy of what the USBC is doing, right? It, it is like the conversation has changed, hasn't it? Uh, I have so much to say. You're right. This is a very complicated topic. And I feel like, uh, I feel like, openly giving our thoughts on this is is uh is is likely to lead to to backlash uh from one side or the other in some way um but nonetheless you know listen that's that's what we do here you know that's that's where we're at that's what we do here uh so Hold i on, will I, I like this i like this comment here real quick here brandon man appreciate you joining us it might not to cut you off but i feel like this is a pretty important go right conversation ahead topic here this is a super pivotal and formative moment in the USBC versus the world juncture and Belma was ready to go down swinging for the sake of everyone else. He's the martyr of the bowling community. Mike, do you agree with that? No. Okay. So let's hear your thoughts. Cause I'm curious. No, I, str- I, str- I strongly disagree with that. I, I okay. mean, I think it's ridiculous to call him a martyr. Um, I, I think saying that, says to me that you you probably don't have a good understanding of what was going on behind the scenes uh, leading up to his his protest of his balls being tested and his comments about, you know, the black curtain and what's going on there, okay? Um, so when, when you said that the conversation has changed, right, uh, here's, here's what I mean by that, or here's how, how I think of that in the context of this issue. So when, when it was just the purple hammer that was being looked at as suspect, okay. And, and let's be honest, like for a long time, even Rob, even before the rumors about, um, about the, the bad batch of balls. Okay. Even before that. There was a lot of talk about the possibility of these purple hammers being illegal in some way because of how well they were performing. W- would you agree with me on that? Yeah, there was talks. I mean, there was there was chatter about it, right? A lot especially of chatter the, about it, especially in the bowling world uh, outside of the normal, like in the high competitive bowling world, like the Professional Bowls Association. There was some talks. There was some buzzing about it. I'd say buzzing is the right word. And 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 listen, let's let's be clear about this. And I'm just being honest about this. Who is the loudest voice in the bowling community, and where was most of that buzzing coming from? Was it Sean Rash? Right? No, no. I mean, I'm not gonna. I'm not. No, no. I'm not gonna assign it to one person. Okay. The pros. The I national mean, pros. He was. He was the only one that had the courage to come out and say something publicly. Okay, right. to be clear, which I which I actually respect and appreciate. However, what I'm implying, Rob, is that Storm Products International is the loudest voice in the bowling community. And that's where a lot of the buzzing was coming from. Am I am I off base in saying that? I mean Storm from their like from their people on their staff, like Storm, like national pros that 
are on Storm staff? Generally, yes. Okay. Okay. Gen- I mean, not 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 even not even to specifically um, put it into national staff, but just people associated with Storm products. So okay, so you're saying that prior to all this, when it first started, that it was Storm that was talking, that was buzzing about the Purple Hammer because they didn't like the success of the Purple Hammer. Okay, so that's what you're saying. I'm, so I'm, asking, I'm on the same page. Am I I'm, am I'm, I wrong in saying that? No, because I feel like that's why they probably were testing the per- that's why the purple hammer got tested. Okay. Right? So you had this buzzing going on, right, about the purple hammer. Then uh the USBC does testing and finds that urethane balls are getting softer over time. Then the buzzing becomes much louder, right? And it becomes more part of the mainstream conversation of not only what's going on in high-level competitive bowling, but what's going on in competitive bowling, period, I would say. Okay? Yeah. So Then the rumor, the, the news from, from Jeff Rickles, and we'll talk, you know, his name will come up several times here, I'm sure. Uh, but the news reported by him where Mitch Beasley claimed to know of batches of balls that were made soft, that were sent out, and, and they knew that they were soft, right? We have that story break. Okay? And I feel like, when that story broke, right, and and Sean Rash had made his public comments slightly before that, okay, or right around that same time, I think is fair to say, I feel like that was the crescendo of the assault against the Purple Hammer. I mean, I'm I'm just saying that as a fan of like sitting back and watching these events develop. So I feel like that was that was the high point of of people's. Uh, suspicions of the purple hammer, you know, coming out or quote unquote being, being, uh, you know, justified. All right. Well, then storm has these balls test soft. Okay. And now, and and Rob, between the, the buzz over the purple hammer and storms products, testing soft and being banned by the USBC, to some degree, to some level. You and I did a couple shows where we discussed this issue and brought up many of the same points that are now being brought up by the loudest voice in the room, such as this test is is kind of unreliable to begin with. There's so many vari- variables in what could change the, the reading, okay? Uh, we heard and we reported news, Rob, of... Balls testing soft, then being cooled down and testing hard. Okay? These were all things that occurred between these two developments. And now, now that Storm is embroiled in this, I feel like the conversation has shifted because the loudest voice in the room has shifted the conversation. And the conversation is now focused on all these semantics and inaccurate. Let's be honest. I agree with a lot of what they're saying at this point about the inaccuracies of the, the inaccuracies of the testing or the inconsistencies in the testing. I agree. I, I Rob, we go back and watch our other podcast because we said it right on here. I've called this yeah. a silly issue for like weeks and weeks and weeks now because of this. Okay, but for for that to only become part of the conversation now. It, it is is kind of ludicrous to me, to be honest with you. You know, it's like, oh well, well now that's going to be the conversation because 
the loudest voice in the room wants it to be the conversation. You know, well, why wasn't that part of the conversation when all these other issues were going on? You know, and and I, I understand, okay? I understand that there are differences of opinion between, you know, numbers, the the softness numbers that were used in in these in, in various testing situations with various organizations. I'm going to leave it at that. Okay, I'm trying to generalize here. I know there's 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 discrepancies with that. I know that there's people out there like Jeff who look at those numbers and those parts of the process very differently than I do. So let me get to that now. All right. And, and you know what? Some Rick Wagner just mentioned in the chat. Let's see the real difference. The the real difference between whether softness really matters, I assume, is what he means there. And that's another thing that we talked about, Rob, that we don't even know what all this means. We don't even no. and then they they ban the old purple hammers and the purple hammer continues to dominate anyway. So listen, I this is a silly conversation. I'll say it again, right? But let's get to this idea of you know, now there's something untoward going on. Because that's where they went. Did they not? I mean, isn't that what isn't that what Belmo is saying by by saying what he's saying? Isn't that what I, he's implying? No, I, mean, we're, I think look, I think Belmo is more upset in the fact that he wants just transparency in the testing. I don't think Belmo is against the hardness testing. He's never said he's against the testing. He's just against the fact that there's no transparency, that they can't see what they're doing. Yeah, but Rob, to, to question the transparency of the governing body of the sport, okay, is a serious, serious accusation. Uh, and I'm that's what I'm not. saying. I'm that's not saying what, it's but, not. But that's what I'm saying. Like, isn't that what he's doing? He's he's questioning the legitimacy of the governing body of the sport. And, and, and Rob... I'm going to say this too, and I think you'll agree with me, but really what they're questioning the legitimacy of is Chad Murphy. I mean, no, I mean, they, I, in Jeff Rickles case, in, in Jeff Rickles case, as far as this issue is concerned, there's no question that that's, that's what's being well, questioned. Well, Jeff, you know. Jeff, Jeff has a personal vendetta against Chad Murphy. I mean, that's just obvious if you follow him on, social media right like he calls him a bully he calls him you know uh you know evil oh whatever bully more than I've, i i see the word bully more than anything and jeff and jeff has his own reasons for not liking chad murphy a lot of people have their reasons for not liking chad murphy um me personally like i agree i think that there is definitely belmo has some personal you know stakes here involved Okay, with the balls being tested illegal. Let's be let's call a spade a spade here. One of the balls that tested illegal was the Storm Trend 2. It that is a Belmo branded bowling ball. And I feel like Belmo has to come to defense of this bowling ball because his logo is on it and he that's questions his like legit like not legitimacy but questions his like your ball is illegal, Mike. Your your name is on that bowling ball, and it was found illegal. So Belmo feels like he needs to come to the aid of his bowling ball and his brand. I mean, am I off on that? Like, it's USBC just questioned the legitimacy of a branded Belmo bowling ball. Don't you think Belmo now is like, okay, I'm gonna like I need to come into defense? 
of that bowling ball, my logo. <clears throat> Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think I think that that's a fair point. Uh, Jake Bedard in the chat saying the transparency is non-existent with the USBC. Jake, to be honest with you, that's nonsense. Okay, that's nonsense to a degree because they have released information. They released a, a, an FAQ that answered a lot of the questions that people out there are asking. If you've read it, okay, they released a report on their findings. Of, of their study, of the of the field testing that they were doing with bowling balls that was connected to them testing the balls at the Masters, where all this kind of blew up and boiled over, okay? Now, if you want to go as far, and I see you in the chat mentioning this, if you want to go as far as to say that they should release more data, Jake, I'm all with you. I'm all with you. I, I, if I were the USBC, I would release the data. I would. I don't. I can't speak for them and, and say why they didn't. And you guys know, like, I, I'm not a fan of the USBC to begin with. You know, I think I think they've done a shit job uh, across the board, pretty much. But uh, in this instance, I got to say that it's, to me, it's kind of a stretch to question to question the the, the integrity in a way uh, of what's going on with the governing body and doing this testing, this field testing that really, in all actuality, was just to gather data. Are we clear that? Even if balls tested soft, nothing was going to be done about it here. Are we clear about that? I mean, because that that was the case. So, so what, did I, I don't, of, what did you think of Storm's video they released on the ball hardness? I said on Twitter, it reminded me of the Simpsons episode. Uh, three three eyes on every fish and a car in every person. garage, I believe is the, the title of the episode, where they find a three-eyed fish in the lake next to the next to the um the the power plant and you know mr burns doesn't want to be responsible for you know pollute for being blamed for polluting the lake so he hires uh an actor to come and do a commercial as charles darwin and the actor charles darwin says oh no this fish it, it grew three eyes through evolution because it wanted to see better and you know it would taste delicious and all and like Honestly, it, again, yeah, Rob. A lot of this stuff was already out there months and months and months and months ago. Ye years ago, in some cases, okay, years ago. All right. So let me ask you. Let me ask but, you. But so but here's the thing. Now that the conversation has shifted, that information is is further out there. And can I also say that the USBC did a shit job of getting any of their information out there? I mean, that would have helped in this process too. You know that would have squashed some of the some of the uh, the room for interpretation here if they would have done a better job of uh, of getting their their information out. Uh, Kyle, what's up, man? Uh, good good luck going forward in the playoffs. So uh, transparency result in a fine. Yeah, yeah, I, I I kind of agree. I don't know if a fine was necessary. You know, I really don't. I, I think I think. But Rob, you and I really don't think a fine should be necessary almost in any case. We think the players should be able to say what they want and speak their mind, period. So oh, I don't care if you're talking ball testing, lane conditions, lane man, setting it up, whatever. I think you guys should be able to say what you want all oh, the time, Kyle. I, I think that's part of the problem is that people want to control too much what, what is being said out there. So that's why I'm not okay with the fine. But does that mean that I'm okay with calling in to, to question the integrity of the governing body? I'm not. And you know what? And I'm not talking to Kyle anymore. Shout to Kyle. Good luck in the playoffs going forward. And listen, 
I know that, you know, there's a lot of opinions about Chad Murphy out there. I see people mentioning Chad's name <laughs> in the uh in the um in, in the chat here, right? Okay. Dude, Kyle's just here not to get fined, man. That's he he's like he's like Mar- <laughs> <laughs> he's like Marshawn Lynch, man. I'm just here not no, to get and, fined. And listen, he points out that he supports Belmo, as he should, as he should. They're 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 teammates, they're on the same staff. They they rep storm as you guys should. You guys get paid to do that, right? So you do you do what you need to Dude, do. Right? I wouldn't you go, do what I you think is right. But I wouldn't I'm, I'm gonna sit here and talk about it as a fan. I'm sorry, I'm just gonna sit here and talk about it as a fan. But let me say this last piece, Robin. I'll give it over to you. I know there's a lot of people mentioning Chad. Chad has a vendetta against Storm. Chad worked for Brunswick or Columbia, this oh and that. Listen, like, can I say something serious to you people? This guy is is one of the highest paid people in bowling. All right. You can go look his salary up. All right. It's like 350 a year. Okay. It's like 350 a year. Guys, am I really going to believe that, that, that someone's going to risk that position and that, that kind of job, that kind of salary for, for this? For personal vendetta for storm? For, for okay. this issue? I talked Come about on. this before, Mike. I talked about this before. Okay. First off, there's no. Yeah, he was on EBI. He, he worked for EBI for a while. The bowling family is very small when it comes to people working for companies. People flip-flop companies all the time. They work for Storm, then they go to EBI, then they go to Motive. Mostly everybody is friends with each other across companies. You know, these guys travel together too, a lot of the bowling ball companies. For, for, for you guys to think that Chad has a personal vendetta against Storm – like why? What what benefit does he get out of having a personal bandana? And then people say, well, that's because Chad is Chad, and you know that's what what he does. And Chad has been, I, I believe, he was the USBC executive director. It was back in two thousand, was it thirteen or sixteen? He's been doing it for about eight years. So, I mean, yeah, you do the math. It's it's probably about two thousand like fourteen ish, whatever. Why all of a sudden start now? That the the timing doesn't make sense either. Oh, well. Maybe he woke up in 2022 and was just like, oh, I'm, I'm going to go and, and make this a year that I'm going to go after Storm. I don't believe that for a second. Now, And in the USBC- end, Rob, in the end, he cut a deal. They cut a deal with the USBC. So, yeah. so like, if he really had a vendetta, would he cut a deal? You know, I, I don't know about no. that. Go ahead, continue. So here's the thing is, now, th- there was a really interesting comment here that I actually talked to you about yesterday. Um if the trend two isn't on the chopping block, does Belmo get as involved or does he take a back seat? I mean, you had different opinions about this topic. I said that if the trend two wasn't on the chopping block, Belmo wouldn't have gotten involved. And I you think you're think wrong about that. I'm wrong. I do now, because, because I think that at this point, again, and, and I'm going to bring up this comment from, from uh, our guy here, Lucas Wiseman. What's up, Lucas? Uh, one of the big problems here is the USBC lost control of the message. Well, Social he's media. right, and you know, you know who took control of the message? Belmo Storm Products International, and you know how they did that by using the loudest voice in the room. And you know who's part of that voice? A big part of that voice, maybe the biggest part of that voice, Belmo. Okay, and Rob, what I think is that there was a concentrated effort at Storm to rally around this issue 
and collectively, and co I mean, Rob, look in the they? chat. You know, like people are all changing their 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 profile pic to the storm logo. The storm picture. Is everybody just doing that by accident, or like that's just a coincidence? I mean, come on, storm guys. strong, like, Mike. Storm there, strong. There, there no. was there was clearly a concentrated effort, right? Hundred percent to to rally behind the company. Now, right. I don't know who made the decision to make that effort directed at. Well, let's question the integrity of the testing. But I got to be honest, whoever did that, I disagree with that with that choice and that decision. You know, do 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 I think it was one of the players? Uh, I don't know. I don't know about that. Maybe you know, could be. But uh, I definitely uh, up, feel Dave? like I definitely feel like word was coming down from on high uh, about hey, yeah. we need to rally around. We need to get out on social media, fight this, you know, fight this so issue, change this message, like Lucas said. Control the message, and so much, and so much in our in our world today is about controlling the message. And Lucas is right; USBC lost control of it, and Storm seized on the opportunity, and they're now controlling the message. And it's kind of spun out of control for the USBC. Well, social media is really good at that. I mean, because you have people out there still that are trading in these bowling balls that aren't even bowling at, at, at any of the tournaments that these balls are banned in. So these people that are, are they see these are banned balls and then they trade them in because they 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 don't think they could use them, but they don't understand the lack of information and the lack of just education and transparency behind this issue was was very poorly done by the USBC. Very poorly done. The USBC, what they should have done is they should have hosted multiple like maybe live streams, right, with Chad Murphy, with the ball testing, and explain to the public and be very transparent with them. Here's what we found. Here's what's going to happen. Here's the results of it. Sick. And multiple times, you know, and post this message all over the place. Make it really transparent. Shit, if you have to send a flyer out to every member – then do that. Like, let people know exactly what happened, and blast it, dude. Mike, let's be let's be real here, okay? And if Chad was here and he I called me, I would tell. Talking about this, I know, but let, let me be transparent here with, with about USBC. Whoever's in charge of their PR is is not doing a very good job this year, okay? They're having themselves a year, Mike, and I said that on Twitter, and I got a bunch of likes. Have yourselves a year, USBC, between. The college bowling fiasco that we we reported, where they banned the team, this all this bull hardness, like you know stuff that yeah, I agree that they have to have some kind of testing and you know there has to be rules set in place, right? But you know when something happens that it affects millions of bowlers in the bowling world, like banning seven really popular bowling balls and not really controlling the message, like you like you and Lucas said. And then letting it get out of control where people are just taking the message and running rampant with it. I felt like it was like the wild, wild west. People are making up their own rules. Nobody yeah, knows when then, they can use it. Yeah, and then and then when when the best bowler in the world, and, and as you mentioned, the biggest social media presence in bowling, right? When when he gets involved in the conversation, what do they do? Instead of engaging them in a in a positive way or a meaningful way, what what do they do? They throw a petty fine at them. That to him means nothing, but gives him the fuel, gives him the fuel that he needs to throw on the fire of, oh, see, 
see what this is. You see how they're reacting to being questioned about transparency. Rob, you're 100% right. I, we don't agree 100% on things a lot, but on this one, we're, we're on the money, my dude. Well, let's you talk know. about Storm real quick. I, they, 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 just, they, they just botched it. Why can't yes. they why not release all the data? Like I, I don't I don't see the big deal. I mean, in fact, if it gets to a point where where they're 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 pressed to release the data and they won't release the data, then I would almost go to the other side and say, well, maybe there is something suspect going on here. But if they're willing to release the data, then then I don't really think there's a problem unless you see the data and there's there's a problem with it. Here's another aspect. Rick Wagner, man, we appreciate you joining and listening. I asked a customer who I drilled three of the storm balls on the list. Why is he trading them in when not bowling anything but league? Every time he bowls a big game, someone says it was because it was illegal. Mike, there is an asterisk now, regardless of what anybody says. In my opinion, whenever somebody uses it on TV and wins a title for PBA, whenever someone bowls an 800, a 300, if they're using one of the six seven bowling balls that were banned in these national tournaments and not in the local association of leagues, people are going to make comments. They're going to question your, your, the legitimacy of the score. And I agree completely with Rick. I, I have a Wolverine in my bag right here. And, you know, look, I'll use it. But I don't want people even thinking, oh, well, he's just using it and he just bowled good with it because it was, you know, softer than the rest of it. Nobody even knows what that soft, that extra – point that one of softness does to a bowling ball i don't like there's no even proof of it like you said nobody even knows the difference in how it's going to actually affect the performance of the bowling ball the whole argument is crazy now i get it the usbc also they have to have a rule somewhere there has to be a hardness number that they yeah, have but, to follow but, somewhere but, right but, but probably am i wrong for pointing out that like when when the when a whole portion big portion of the game has reached a certain level of fraudulence, in my opinion. Is it silly to be arguing over ball softness? I mean, I'm watching I'm watching women dump the ball out on the lane in a Tuesday night league that bowls next to my league, and the ball's like boomeranging in the backside of the lane. And and I'm thinking to myself, we're worried about ball hardness. I, Rob, I don't know. You know, yeah, there has I hear you. Yeah, I don't like, know if there does. A... I think there needs to be yeah, more no, research on what the impact is. And what the yeah, effect maybe. is, and does it really matter? Maybe. And how does maybe. ball softness affect the ball compared to uh, asymmetrical uh, cores? I just think it's, you know, I think it's for or, the or oil. placement. I think it's for the oil of the lane. I think if the balls are really, really, really soft, it's going to cause a, 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 a effect where the now the companies like Kegel and Brunswick are going to have to add more, more units of oil to these patterns to hold the integrity of the patterns because the softer the ball, the more it's going to absorb the oil, right? So I think it's going to be a little bit of a, of a you know, you, you don't want these, you know, Kegels and Brunswick's to have to dump all these milliliters of oils on the lanes to 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 make up for uh, really, really soft bowling balls. Okay. Um, I, once I, I hear you there. I hear you there yeah. in terms of a minimum. Yeah. But again, I'm not, I'm not sure about the impact. All right. Yeah. But like, yeah, there should be some, at least some, some fluctuation. Like there, like it, it shouldn't be as strict as like when the hardness goes above one or, or half there there maybe should be some kind of like plus to minus two on 73 I, I don't know whatever look i'm not a technical guy all i know is i still can't believe we're talking about this but look my last point on this conversation is the fact that i think storm is also handling this wrong okay 
I think Storm needs to kind of done what EBI did when the Purple Hammer got tested illegal. They kind of just let it go and went on their merry way, right? To me, I feel like Storm... They, they took care of the customer. They took, they took care, care of the, the customer. customer. Storm is kind of like, if they are sending a message to their staffers and their people to like fight this and, and blast social media and do all these things and represent your family, I think that's the wrong way to handle this. I think, yes, you take care of your customers. Number one priority, you take care of your customer always, right? That's my business. That's what I'm in. You always take care of the customer. And then you just let it go. You let it go. Like, you know what? Like, you know how you get rid of this subject, Mike? Make really good bowling balls going forward. You know, put out a blast of really good new releases that are all legal. A trend three. Uh, you know, uh, a new reality, a new zen, right? Make really good bowling balls, and this conversation will stop quickly. If I was Storm, I would put those balls on rush. But first, you want to make sure they're legal. Obviously, you fix the problem, but you kind of let it go, and then you you move on and make really good bowling balls. And I really feel like the conversation would die it, it pretty quickly. Okay, fair enough. All right, I think... Uh... I think I think that conversation is done. You sure you and, don't want to talk more about ball hardness? No, I don't. I don't. Can, no. um, can we talk about actual bowling? Which some people were using illegal softballs. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, our boy, our boy lost, uh, man. Well, that's. Boy I mean, I I don't want to continue the conversation, but like that's another piece of the conversation too. Is the PBA's. Uh, the PBA's contribution to this circus of ball softness circus. Yes. I mean, it's circus. what it's been. It's been a three ring circus. Like they, they contributed to it too, by, by like going against the USBC and saying, no, we're going to do something even different than that. Cause it's, oh, oh wait, 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 we got a patch pirate here. Oh Jake, boy. This is a joke. Your assumptions are cracking me up. You have no, oh, clue. boy. Jake, what what assumptions? That's what we do here. First off, we assume and we speculate. Okay? We speculate, Jake. If you're if we you're not familiar speculate. around here, I respect your opinion. Whatever it is, it's probably Storm is the greatest. It's the greatest company ever. You, did the new ball you just released be the greatest ball ever made? Is this what Jake? I want to know what 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 assumptions that we have no clue that we're making because I guarantee maybe, you, maybe their assumptions or maybe their. I don't know. Maybe there. Maybe it's inside info. How do you know, Jake? I don't know. I don't know. But oh, no. we love you, Jake. We appreciate you tuning in, Jake. Check the profile pic, bro. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I had to say it. I had to say it, uh, Jake. Do you bowl on sports shots, Jake? Jake, what's the last sports shot tournament you bowled in? Give us the name, the bowling center it was at, the person who ran the tournament. All right. Hold on, put wait, the, Kyle. Put that in the chat. I Dude, I Kyle, man, you beat our boy. By the way, I don't even like. I mean, you beat our boy, man. You, I mean, well, our boy beat him. Our boy, well, he beat himself. He, he beat, himself. beat himself. He only would have gone to a roll off. Great game, he the did. first game, Kyle, two seventy eight. But let, no, let's let's answer his question though. If these balls are illegal, why are they allowed in everything but nationals and the Masters, which is done? Yeah, listen, I, I can't. I, that that again, I think falls into our criticism of the USBC and the shit job that they've done with this issue. You know, and that that's that's why I feel like I, I have criticism on both sides here. Um, they they have done a bad job with with explaining things with the decision process. You know, the PBA I think made things a little bit even tougher than that on them by then allowing the balls. 
uh, with again very little lack of explanation. You know, there was there was a press release that they put out, obviously. But you know, I'm talking in terms of um, social media or video or education for people. But yeah, listen, I I, I don't disagree with you there, uh, Kyle. Not at all. Don't disagree with you. All right, Kyle Bold Bill, and he did Kyle Bold two seventy something the first game two seventy eight, and yeah, that one wasn't real close. And then uh, second game was close, but the left lane was pretty tough. And uh, came down to the end of the game, and Bill had a chance to, uh, you know, I, I would say pretty much close out that game and take nine it to spare, a nine, nine nine frame roll off. Yeah, nine spare strike. Yeah, Mike. Yeah, you missed the head pin, Mike. Yeah, but on that left, and and listen, terrible, terrible it. shot, <laughs> terrible <laughs> shot, he, and he missed Mike, it. He, he soaked, missed he it. Soaked, Mike. Yeah, it was it was a ba- it was a very bad shot at a very bad time, and we've we've seen a lot of that this season. I feel like, and we've seen a, a bit of that in the PBA playoffs already. Um, but at, at the same time, that left lane was tricky at, at that point, and uh, but you know both players were kind of go, going through some some issues on that pair at that time. Uh, but yeah, really bad shot at a really bad time, and credit to Kyle got up and and. Did exactly what you have to do in this tournament, Rob. This is what what Kyle did in that ten frame in that first shot is exactly what you need to do to win this tournament. When when a player gives you an opportunity to close them out, you got to close them out, and that's what he did. Mike, I think Nico makes a great point in the chat. Uh, boy, couldn't carry a corner pin. That eight pin was nasty in the first match. It um, is. It, it and, is a fair point. It is a fair and, point. But here's the thing is when I when I asked Bill about the match and Bill was like, yeah, um, he's like, I, I threw I threw a bad shot in the ninth. I threw a bad, you know, and that's the that's the why Bill is so great, in my opinion, is because if that was me, I wouldn't have said shit about the ninth shot that I threw. I would have been focused on all the shots I didn't carry. I'd been like, yeah, man, I couldn't carry shit Threw some great ball. I mean, he ranked 10 like three straight shots. You know what I mean? Um, but he Bill focuses on the bad shot he threw. When if it was me, I would have been like, "Yeah, man, couldn't carry yeah, shit." Because because you're in your in that position at that moment. I mean, we 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 all we all have felt that same way. Oh, ball tenth yeah. in the change in 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 the tenth for I Kyle. I didn't even know that. Saying. I didn't even. Know I wasn't that. aware of that either. Actually, inside okay. info, breaking news here. All I'm right. Well, it makes it even more impressive, honestly, uh, to yeah. get up there and throw that shot on a ball change too. All right. Yeah. So, uh, Kyle Troop. Uh, moves on to the final four here. Yo, he's got uh, a good look, man. He's got a good look. I believe, I believe, Rob, okay. as pre- as predicted by me anyway, uh, at the beginning of this event, I believe I did have Kyle Troop. I had him against Belmo in the final four, but I did have him in the final four. Dude, how good of a match is it when he bowls Prather? How good of a match is that going to be? Uh, let's talk about that match. Uh, that might be the best match of the tournament, honestly. 278, 279? Yeah. Dude is a sicko. Dude, crazy. Dude's a sicko. Yeah. 278. Two, how do you feel if you're Dom Barrett? 250, 270, and you don't even get a sniff. Dude, I I mean, Sick. Prather, dude, Prather's look on this shot's good, man, too. I mean, it's going to be the, the final four, whoever that is. Dude, that's going to look, I mean, AJ Johnson's looks really good right now. We'll, we'll see how he does next week. It's gonna who who's this is week. he against Jones? 
No, he's bowling Maldonado. He's bowling Maldonado. All right, so you're either going to have we, – we got Troop, we got Prather on one side of the bracket. You're either going to have AJ. Maldonado or AJ and Tommy Spencer Jones or, or Svensson. Ooh, yeah. ooh, what about – what about the possibility of a of a? I mean, we might have a, a best friends final, Kyle Troops Fenson's final, where there where there's a possible chop going on in the final. Oh, be, I mean, that's a that's a nice pot of money to chop between two two friends. You know, I will say that. But yeah, yeah let, let's let's be clear here. Uh, Chris Prather, uh, best one handed bowler on the planet. See, no. look at that. The fish, the fish against the ice. Yeah. The fish against the ice, man. No doubt. Dude, the chop would be good. But look, I personally like to, I, I would love to see AJ Johnson make a run here. I, I, I think a, I'd love to see AJ make a well, run and his first title. I already, I mean, I don't know about you. I already know the results of this weekend shows because this weekend shows are still taped. I okay? don't. I don't. So, I don't, so, and I don't. No one wants to know either. I don't want to know. Um, okay. But like the final four is. Tape the last two shows are live shows. They are, and that was that was going to be my next point. So this weekend shows are taped, then the next two shows are live. And as Kyle mentioned in the chat, they're actually at a different bowling center too, Rob. Yeah. So now you have you have that factor as well uh, going in going into the final four. So uh, yeah, Prather to me best one handed bowler on the planet right now. Uh, dude is a sicko. Uh, to go 278, 279, especially when your opponent is applying the kind of pressure that uh, Dom was applying, especially in that second game. You know what that second game reminded me of, Rob? It reminded me exactly of the uh, Bill O'Neill, Sean Rash match at Bayside, yeah, where, where the second game, like Rash just uh, kept applying ultimate pressure. Ultimate pressure, and Bill just kept getting up and making the shot, and making the shot, and making the shot, and and answering the pressure, and answering the pressure, and, and that's really what what Prather did in this match. You know, any error, any error by Prather in that second game, really, other than the one that he had for two seventy nine, any error, and it was probably going to go to a roll off. You know, and who knows what happens? Okay, look, I've, Eddie Grumman uh, says in a shot tape shows stupid. It's like taping a playoff basketball football game and playing it a week later. Yes, I, I will normally, if you listen to this show for years, I hate tape shows. But in this case, I think they're doing a really good job keeping the results um, like down low. Obviously, like we, we have some inside in info on some of these shows. I personally have those con you know, people that I can reach out to, but I did it. I taped the shows and I watch them. And to me... You know, they're, they're, they're live shows. Obviously, it's not as going to be as great as a live show. But, I mean, look, it's better than it not being on TV. Because if that if this is what it needs to be on every weekend, then I'm, I'm all good with the way they're doing it right now. They're, they're taping up to the top, you know, four. And then the final four are on live. And I think I'll take it. Bet, Mike? Yeah, I, betting, I, I, betting. I mean, I would like to be able to bet on the whole thing. It would be nice. But, um, yeah, for sure, you know. Somebody, um, so, somebody oh, in the like, chat. Yeah, no, yeah. Good no, comment. No, we haven't. For do you for understand, Justin? Are you aware that was a four-figure bet? We we have. Are you aware of that? That was a four-figure bet. Even well, after even after the St. Peter's Peacocks went on a miracle run to bless my pockets, I still can't get that four-figure loss out of my head. I'm sorry, can't Dude, do it. It's a tough one. I can't either. That Emerald IQ will be known from this day forward as. 
as, as I call it tow trucks, Mike, when you flat 10 tow truck, it's tough with logistics and stuff moving forward. We hope more live shows and tournament hosts. We are heading in the right direction. I agree with that. You know, as long as he um, wants to see the betting too, Kyle, yo, listen, you, you're, we, we talk to you, you know, you're, you're, uh, you're a regular around here. You know, you, you have the marketing capability, you know, we, we need to get bowling featured by like a DraftKings or a FanDuel. You know, we, we need that badly. We, we need some attraction to the gambling of bowling. We need, um, we need more varied betting options within, within the, 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 the matches and the, and the live game. Hold on. I, I got a good transition to our next, uh, our next piece of topic here. The, the, the award for most sarcastic <laughs> remark goes, goes to oh, Dave, Dave Brooklyn. Dave Brooklyn. Can't wait for the strike derby. I mean, yeah, I, Hey, look like, Let's talk about that a little bit, okay? Because the PBA announced the king of the derby or derby king or strike derby, king of the lanes. I think the cool part of the family style show is Kyle's in the chat, is being able to see Kyle bowl with Guppy. I think that will be pretty fun to watch and entertaining. Um, and Mike, like my opinion is I'm, 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 I'm okay with it. Because I know you want every show to be super competitive and I, I know you're really a diehard, you know, bowler by 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 heart and you want to see everything be super high level, super competitive, the lane's super hard. But I think bowling tournaments like the, the king of the lanes, it, it maybe gives you a little bit of step back and actually maybe have a little bit of fun while you're watching. I mean, you have to take it for what it is. Um, you know, to see Barnes bowl with his kid um, and see West Milan bowl with his kid, I think is an interesting idea and I'm not against it. Um, I, I had to process it a little bit and I think it's a kind of a cool and fun idea. Um, you, we just got to take it for what it is um, because there has been a super amount of high level bowling on the past like three months so or two months. I'm not going to really complain about, a, you know, a few weeks of shows where they're, they're just kind of low key having fun. I will. I will. I will complain because you oh, know. I, go for it, man. Yeah. Well, like I. I don't know. I just want to see serious competition. I. I don't think that that presenting bowling in a in a you know. Uh, what word do I want to use? Let me be careful here. I don't think the sports entertainment. Yeah, I don't think the presenting bowling in a in a sports entertainment fashion. We're in a exhibition. That's the word I'm going to use. I don't think that presenting bowling in an exhibition style format works for bowling. I think we found that out. I think that you know bowlers in that uh, in that realm they feel like they have to entertain and it doesn't come off real well. You know, I thought that about the the, the six flag shows back in the day. Uh, many what of about, the, what about uh, the trick shots? What about the trick shot shows? Those are always popular with people that I know that aren't bowlers. I don't. I mean that that to me was a little bit different because like the the entertainment was the actual shot, you know. But even even that was a little cringy, honestly. When they did that, you know, it was some some of the stuff was just out there and you know a, a little bit cringy to me, but. I, I just my, my my only problem with this is why I don't want to present the professional side of the game that way until it gets to a level where 
we already have a, an absolute full slate of, you know, real events, uh, you know, not, not exhibition events, but, but real events. And listen, uh, this might not be a popular opinion, but I'd, I'd kind of even put the PBA league in, in that same basket. If it's not at Bayside, if it's a Bayside, I think there's a different vibe there that the players get into it no, no matter what. But, you know, again, like in terms of the prize money that's involved and things of that nature, um, I kind of view that almost as an exhibition event as well. Uh, and, and I don't, I, I just don't, I, I don't like when, when the professional side of the game is presented in that way, I definitely want, you know, more regular events. Now that's really my only issue with it. Will I still watch it? Yes, I will still watch it. If I, if I could bet on the kids and the parents bowling in the King of the lanes thing, I will. Okay. I, I will bet on Chris Barnes and Ryan Barnes uh, in, 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 a, in a competition, okay? I'll, I'll take I'll that. Say I'll, Guppy, take that I'll, take, I'll take Gupp and Kyle, man. I guarantee okay. you Gupp can still throw the rock. All right. Uh, but listen, you know, I'll watch. I'll bet on it even if we can. But I would just prefer that it go in a different direction. That's all. Like, for all the cost of production and, you know, all the costs that are involved so in putting rather all these see, events. Like, you'd rather see more tournaments than that. Why? Well, or even why not do one big event? Why not do one more big event during the summer? You know that you can get some shows out of that takes a lot of the money that's involved in all this and puts it in a prize fund for that. You know, so uh, I don't know. I mean, to me, I, I kind of agree with what Kevin Tate is saying here that the exhibition shows are, are kind of just background noise that help drive up ratings. I, I, I agree. I think it's something that the networks want because. They can uh, they can use it and re-air it so many times, okay. But you know, again, don't couldn't they do that with any event, with any show? Do they really care what the show is or what the what the context of, of, of the show is, or do they just want something to fill that time and, and be able to repeat it? Uh, you know, I just feel like they want whatever. But I don't, you know, again, I don't. You asked me on Twitter today what I thought about it, and I was like, I'm I'm just gonna act like I didn't even see it because I, you know. Uh, you know, I'm just not a big fan of it, and I'll, I'll leave. I know it you're that. not. A, I know you're not a big fan of it, and I've, you know, tend to take it for what it is. I guess. Um, and like the like the like the celebrity tournaments with Chris Paul and stuff. Like you know, look, th those aren't for the hardcore bowlers. Those shows are for the casual fans. You know, the the people that are maybe flipping through the channels and they might see Chris Paul throwing a bowling ball, and they. You know, or how many times when you go to work or I, I went to work on that Monday after a celebrity show and someone would be like, yo, man, did you see Mookie Betts like bowling? Like I just, you know, turned it on and, and saw Mookie Betts. And I'm just like, oh, that's the reason why they do it is because people are flipping through the channels or they see, you know, uh, maybe uh, uh, Terrell Owens throwing a bowling ball and uh, Mookie Betts or uh, Chris Paul. And they go, oh, yeah, like that's pretty interesting. So they watch it. But for like the hardcore bowling fan. I also get that part of it too. Like you rather see another like high competitive tournament too, but I kind of, I, I'm taking it for what it is. And I think it'll be interesting to see at least the, the family part of it. The strike derby, I think is a little bit off the, off the wall. I, I, we might be able to bet on it though. And actually, you know, bet better this year than previous years. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. It was, uh, it was funny. It was fun to bet on that actually it, when, when they had that, it really was. Yeah. So anyway, um, here's Mike Wolf, man. Yo, 
What's up, Mike? Good to hear from Mike Wolf. Uh, why wasn't you Jimmy Cutie in his? Because they would beat everybody if they bowled on Cheetah. Hopefully, they, if, they, yo, <laughs> if, that was, if they bowled uh, on Cheetah, I can't imagine anybody beating them. There's a speed limit for the competition. <laughs> That's Dude. why they weren't included. You, you're not you're not allowed to throw the ball more than 19 and a half miles an hour, or you can't Dude. be involved in that competition. Sorry. Yo, could you could you think of a better father son duo on a short pattern? <laughs> I don't think I can. I don't um, know. Anyway, it's pretty good. Yeah, that is good. All right, Rob. All are right. we ready to give the people what they want? Always. Yeah, Mike Wolf commenting that uh, uh, the younger McCune can play. I agree. Very. I, I said earlier on the show. Very. I think I gave him an uh, I see you, Hoss. Uh, early, early in the season too. Very impressed by his game. He got a real nice game. Got a real oh. nice game. Much, much. This. I hope this doesn't get me blocked on Twitter like like other comments have. Much better speed control than Pops, though. <laughs> much. I mean, he could throw the fireball. But he he can he can also slow it down, and I know I know Eugene can hit the uh, can hook the lane too, but uh, but I don't know. I just Mike, feel like much better. There's speed a control. lot of there's a lot of good father. I never even thought about Petragula and his kid. Mm. That would be that. I mean, think about all the father like son. Like you could probably think of like more than that. Even how about um, Houston? Didn't didn't Dave Houston and his his son was it was at bowling regionals for a while? I know through maybe. pretty good. Yeah, that would be know, a good one. Anyway, all right, worst of the week, oh, Mike. Man. You want to go? Oh, my go. goodness. My students are coming into the chat, Rob. we got to wrap oh, this God. up. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. They love stalking me. I know. This this particular kid, they, they love to play peekaboo with me in class. Very strange. Very strange stuff, Rob. Anyway, all right, let me go first <sighs> because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share my um, screen here uh, and see if I could um, pull this comment up because I think this is too good. Um, let me uh, – Get rid of that first so people don't see what I'm looking at here. Oh, I can't do it. Okay. Anyway, so here's my – someone put a picture uh, on two-hand bowling balls for sale. I guess there's a group for two-handed bowling balls. <laughs> I never even knew that. Um, but well, it makes – actually, I laugh, but it makes sense, right? Makes because sense. Right. it does. It's a lot right. easier of an exchange, no? You just pop, pop two, the inserts out, you know? Right. So, I mean, uh, there could be some finger pitch changes involved, I guess. No? Yeah, I there could be. So there's a picture. This goes to David Sablin Jr. Um, senior must be really proud of you because this is a great post. Uh, so he puts a picture of the gold Belmo ball that I have, Mike, in case you, you, you forgot. Um, and he has a picture of it, and he writes, Curious for those who have the newer edition Belmo spare balls. Or the breast cancer ball. How how do you lay your ball out? Question mark. I have mine like this. And he shows a picture of his two fingers, like drilled in the storm logo. And it says, but this doesn't have a Belmo roll when it rolls down the lanes. Mike, how do you get a bell? How do what is a Belmo roll, by the way? What's a Belmo roll on a plastic ball? For spares. He's, I don't know. Whoever I, I for so David. Whoever laid this out for you, buddy, like take it back to the pro shop and tell them it doesn't have the Belmo roll. 
Tell them you want the layout that gives you the Belmo roll. And then take a video of the pro shop operator when you're asking that question. And hopefully it's someone who knows what they're talking about. Because I would love to see the reaction of the pro shop operator when you tell them, please make it roll like Belmo. And when you find that pro shop operator that can do that for you, call us and let us know. And every other bowler so that we can all go get that, that layout with the Belmo roll. How do I get the Who wouldn't David want that? Ozio roll, Mike? I've always oh. wanted the David Ozio roll. I want the Here Mike Albee roll. Oh, I'd like the Mike Albee roll. Well, next know? time you go into your pro shop, I'm going to be asking my pro shop operator if they can give me the David Ozio roll. Oh, my goodness. Bowling is in such a bad place, son. <laughs> it just is. I love it. Really worst of the week. Terrible. So. All right, uh, here's mine, and it's from the Hammer Bowling message board. I, I hope I hope Mike Wolf is still here to hear some of the nonsense his patch pirates are posting over here on the internet. Uh, but Bill Nelson, Bill, congratulations! Uh, you won worst awesome, of the man. week. Congratulations! Uh, this guy. is from the Hammer Bowling message board. He says the following quote: "Okay, Hammerheads, just a question: Is the flex oiling equipment just garbage? Every week the shot is completely different." And tonight, the lanes were five boards different. This wasn't a problem till they changed to flex oilers. Oh, my God. People don't want to move five boards. Where do you why, Where do you even start with that? I mean, first of all, he's talking about a Kegel flex machine, right? Right? It's like the yeah, nicest piece it, of equipment I know of. It's great. No? Yeah. And then yeah. five boards difference. I mean, Rob, there was five boards difference. There was right. fa- another- Rob, don't you know the shot's supposed to be the same every time? All another the time. Five, another five boards left. He would have got a nosebleed. Oh, my God. At least they uh, ran the lanes. That's- <laughs> That's I see this stuff. I see this stuff, and I'm just like, oh, what? My goodness. What? Yeah. So, I mean, really? On, is this where we're come at? Come on, man. That if come we on, show man. up and there's like a slight difference between hey. last week and this week, you know, that – uh. Oh my God! It's the end of the world, I, Rob. I would love to do like a, a see if we if we actually did this for a living. Here's something that I would do. I would go to a bowling center that has a huge house league of like accomplished house bowlers, okay? And I would set it up with the house league that we're gonna put the U.S. Open pattern out, okay, for one night of this league. Without telling, without telling the bowlers. Oh, 100%. And we're going to set up cameras all over the place, okay, and watch the bowlers, right, as they go out and bowl on this U.S. Open pattern, okay? That's so good. I mean, how good good would that be, bro? Oh, imagine the content content that you would get out of that. It would just, it would be incredible. It would be incredible, you know? It would be the best. It would be the best stuff ever. The, The people would leave, pack up, they wouldn't even finish. First or second oh, game. Oh, you catch Dude, people s- destroying equipment. Zeus you- send microphones up at the front desk for people complaining. Oh, oh yeah, the, the content oh, yeah. would be would be amazing. You could also you could also like even set it up where the the lane guy is finishing You're up like- the lanes as the bowlers come in, right? And and they tell them, oh yeah. yeah, it's a new lane guy tonight. We hired a new lane guy who's doing the lanes. And then as the the middle of the league is going on. The, the person walks out and see what happens. Everybody would probably have stuff to say to them. Guys would be cursing at them, you know, accusing them of messing the lanes up and whatnot. 
Oh my Dude, goodness. The, pa- the patch pirates would be walking on the plank. They'd be, they'd oh be my throw- goodness. They'd be throwing themselves overboard of their ships, the pirate patch pirates. Dude, that's some great content. Um, Yo, Erica Bixby, what's good? What's good? Erica, see you're doing well. Glad to see that. Glad wait, to see that. Wait, wait, wait. What was her comment? Now you know why there's a strike derby. We're catering to these. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I hear you. You know, it's, it is it is reflective of where the bowling community is for sure. You know? Dude, Bix, Bixby is straight Jersey, man. That's that's where it is, dude. She's. <laughs> she's, uh, she's a little upstate. She's a little upstate New York too. So she's but she's a she's lot not, Jersey though. She's nicer than your hardcore Jersey people. I'll say that she's a lot nicer than your <laughs> she's hardcore nicer than Jersey, Jersey people, girls. But. Uh, anyway, um, yeah. So worst of the week never disappoints, man. No doubt. All right, Rob. Final thoughts here. Yeah, man. Um, I have to go and meet Josh in about 45 minutes. So um, okay. about that lesson tonight, see what's going on. Uh, I did um, see some some chatter on Twitter about, uh, you know, people are losing their minds over Elon Musk buying Twitter for some odd reason. I don't know why people really care. Um, but I did, not to get into whole that whole deal. But it got into this conversation about, like, if I had Elon Musk money, about like what I would do, and I oh, what am I man. like? I would buy the PBA. And Hell I yeah! Hell yeah, son! And Hell I would yeah. Buy Yo, we start our own organization. We would start Dude. our own certification organization. Yo, I told and I tweeted Elon Musk, and I was like, "Yo, if you buy the PBA," because someone tagged him on Twitter and was like, "Hey, Elon, buy the PBA," and then I responded, "Yo, Elon, if you buy the PBA, put me in charge." And then I was going to say, yo, I'll, I'll only take three quarters of the money that Chad makes. So, you know, put me in, in charge. Probably as close as we'll ever get. I'll be, yo, I'll be transparent with everybody. I'll let everybody see the numbers. Shit, I'll I'll test the bowling balls on a live stream. Yo, I, I'll, I'll make it a big event. I'll have a, pre- a conference. I'll have a pregame. Dude, like a weigh-in. Like a weigh-in. Oh, yeah. Right, like a way where people can be yelling at each other. Yo, your ball's gonna be soft, son. No, no, no. My balls are good. Your ball's gonna be soft. Well, could you imagine? And it's like, yo, his bone ball seventy one, and then he goes like this. Yeah, and like, <laughs> everybody's like, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, no, seventy awesome. baby. That's what yeah. I'm talking about. Yeah. Anyway, yep. okay. So that's my final thought. Yo, I love it. Uh, my final thought. <laughs> Elon Musk money could buy a Belmore. <laughs> I don't think that could even happen. No, I don't no. even think that could happen. Sorry, great can't comment, be bought. By the way, can't be bought. Chris Lutz, man, great comment. Uh, my final thought was something that I thought about this week on my own, and this is the first time I'm speaking this uh, publicly. Uh. I actually would like to, and this is going to sound crazy, but we say crazy shit around here if you don't know us. Uh, Is there an opportunity for a new sanctioning body, Rob? I know, like, this was thrown out as a joke on Twitter, but, like, is there a possibility for that right now in bowling? And, and, like, say, you know, Lucas Wiseman suggested that, like, Maybe no. Bolero or the PBA or some other no. entity might start uh, a governing body. But, but hold on. Hear me out here. Hear me out here. I'm not going there. Here's where I'm going. You you should know where I'm going. This is where I'm going. Is there a way that 
if if something like that were to happen and things start to fraction off, right? Could we start one for real competitive lane conditions? And if we did, if we did, could you offer something like a you know like a ten thousand dollar bonus to anybody who shoots a perfect game? on certified lane conditions in this governing body. Could you, I would like to see what the reaction of the bowling community would be. If you, if we could put something like that together where it would be like, you know, three hundreds got so common. Okay. Three hundreds got so common that, uh, the USBC couldn't even give out rings anymore. All right. You know what the problem so is what, that? what we're going to do is Can't we're going to give out $10,000 to anybody that bowls a, a 300, but you have to do it on our certified lane condition. You can't do that because I, I feel like one, people would take advantage of it. You know how shady the bowling world is. Okay. So like, no, it's got to be, it, no, no, it's, look, see, look, look, it would have to be finish. certified. Doesn't matter. Like, you know, these bowling center people that are running the lane conditions in these cities, right? Uh, and you go into a bowling center where the lanes haven't been, there's still wood lanes that are still in the 60s. Those patterns don't, they could still play decently easier. And there's no really body to really monitor that from the USBC. Like, I feel like now if they did something where they used, a competition like that where they set it up in maybe their headquarters or like somewhere like B3 or Kaggle, right? Where they could monitor the, the, the actual playing conditions and say, if someone comes here and bowls 300 on it, we'll give you $10,000. I, I could see them that being something different than imagine giving your local bowling center where maybe they're in a town of 500 people where everybody knows each other. And the guy says to the mechanic, Hey, you know, put the shot out, let us practice on it. And I don't know. I don't see that. I get what you're trying to say, but I, I just don't see that working. I, I would I, just I like to see the reaction to that. That's all. I know. I know it's completely hypothet hypothetical. And it is, you know, but, they, they, your, your brother's in the chat saying Mustari, but I think, I think technology with scoring and, and the integration of scoring technology has come far enough where you, you, you might be able to do it on a widespread scale. Um, and, and, and not have people cheat, you know, that people wouldn't be able to cheat. And yeah, obviously Jake, it, it, you know, I would choose, you know, us open 40 foot pattern. Like that would be what I would put out and tell people, yeah, well, go ahead. Why, you want to go out on see, it, but, but to me, Mike, the, that's why the, blow, the global rumble will never work. That doesn't work for the people. But it would, I don't think you're, it you're, you're misunderstanding that this would have to be in a league setting. Like they would have to join know, a league in our organization bowl on the pattern that we dictate that they bowl on and then bowl a 300 within that league. So you couldn't just have somebody going and bowling an unlimited amount of games on a lane by themselves and getting lucky and shooting 300. No, no. This is like you have 30, you know, however many weeks, 36 weeks in the league. You have three games a week. There's six people on your pay, five people on your pair with you. You go out and you bowl on this pattern that's certified, you know, that, that we certified this center, okay? I think it's a good point, though. Like, yeah, you're right. Like, Leon, the, the topographies who can make one-to-one -one patterns play like three-to-one. I agree with that. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I'll take a my chances, of, Leon. But a lot of the bone centers, the, the the lane tendencies and the house topographies kind of take over, too, in a lot of aspects of it, right? So, But do you some, think that might make the house hacks – 
leave the house side and come to the other side. No, once they're leaving, they're not coming back, Mike. <laughs> that's where I'm thinking. Okay. That's why the USPC, that's why these bowling centers, they don't get rid of the house shot because they know if they get rid of the house shot, then eventually they're probably these the pattern that the, the, these house bowlers are probably going to leave and quit and never come back. And people are afraid these days to lose membership. So yeah. Um, and obviously Steve saying in the chat also would have to certify after a shot. Yeah. It goes without saying like the lanes with a lot of money and manpower. It I is, know, but, but I, again, I know it's totally hypothetical and hard to pull. I'm just saying, I would like to see what an opportunity like that would create uh, in the bowling community. All right, it's my final thought. I didn't mean to go on for no, you're fine. 10 minutes on the final All thought. Right, but Rob, always yeah. fun, always, always enjoyable. Uh, we always enjoy the conversation. Uh, I will be anxiously watching the NFL draft tomorrow, but I'll also be watching Belmo Facebook Live. I'm looking forward to see what he has to say. Yeah. You know. We'll see. We'll see if this, if if more fuel is added to this fire, or if perhaps things are stoked, puts, stoked down somewhat. And he he puts it out. Yeah, I have a feeling he's. This is going to be a kind of put out the fire type. This isn't going to be an add add to type fire type conversation. We'll see. Okay. I'll be interested. Be a good show next week. You know, Folks, we'll talk more. Thanks we for joining everybody. us. Follow us on Twitter where we argue with everybody about bowling and other things. He's at Brooklyn Rob Eleven. Uh, I am at the two one fifth. Uh, email us, sweep the rack at Gmail. See our website, sweeptherackbowling.com. Hit us up. Working. Let us know what's good. All right. All right. All right, everybody. Folks, have a good week. We'll see everybody next week. Enjoy the bowling this weekend. Thanks, Yep. You are now listening to Sweep the Rack Podcast featuring Brooklyn Rob and Big Mike.